This is the Trailblazers Podcast, Episode 1. So many times as sales professionals, we tend to do, as we go into a sales meeting with some a client, we tend to be think that if we, we are t- when we are talking, that we are selling. And some of the most effective salespeople are selling by not saying anything. You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Donald C. Kelly. Donald is the founder and host of the Sales Evangelist podcast. He's interviewed hundreds of sales professionals and has been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Huffington Post, and Yahoo Finance, just to name a few. Donald is a successful sales coach and the creator of the TSE Hustlers League that has helped train and equip sales professionals and entrepreneurs with the tools and confidence needed to find more customers, close deals, and earn the money they deserve. Donald, welcome to the show. Hey, bro. Thanks so much for having me, man. I've shared a little about your background, but I'd love you to take a minute or two and tell us a little more about yourself. What's your story? Well, first of all, I'm excited to be a part of this podcast episode and a part of this podcast <laughs> in general. And uh, I know a lot of people out there who are listening may be, you know, in a similar situation I was and trying to, you know, blaze their trail. And same thing with you. Uh, you know, folks may be out there trying to, you know, get motivated, get into the mindset. And, uh, you know, my story ties very closely with that concept. I was. Grew up in Jamaica, moved to Florida when I was nine. My family were all just, everyone was always a part of some kind of hustle, selling something. And, you know, as a kid, I always gravitated towards sales and especially evangelizing when I found something. I was that annoying kid. When I found something I loved, I was telling everybody about it. So it it just gravitated, went towards my my personality. And eventually I thought, and people told me I should go into sales. I went into, uh, eventually, I did corporate selling. Um, before that, I did some different selling college, Dish Network, door-to-door security systems, and um, got people to go to timeshares, presentations, sold IT training classes, mobile x-ray services. And I got into the corporate world, and I thought I was a big cheese, and I flopped. I really wasn't too good at selling. I started selling B2B, and then I had to get humble. I read and studied and still was having confusion, but I got with the right people, got the training, and next thing you know, I started to perform well in software sales. And I always had a desire to form my own organization, do my own thing, or eventually to go back for an MBA. And it was a plan was to work for several years, and we had a set date. And uh, lo and behold, TSC started the Sales Evangelist, the podcast. I started evangelizing because I found out what made effective selling. And next thing you know, knew, we started to gain a a good amount of traction and the podcast grew. And then uh, it came to the point where TSE was that startup and uh, ditched the idea of going for my Harvard MBA and uh, (laughs) focusing on TSE now. And um, as of last year, July was my Independence Day for my corporate job. And now TSE is a full-time gig. And it's amazing what can happen when you really put your mind to something and you had to blaze that trail so to speak you had to get out and to make something happen and uh, my wife backs us very backs the podcast very well in the business and it's uh it's amazing what we're seeing happening especially now in 2016 we have a lot of great ambitious goals that we are we know will come to pass based on the trajectory we've gone so um it's it's just exciting it's humbling it's it's a it's an honor um and i'm grateful for those who connect and like us 
Well, congratulations on becoming independent. <laughs> Thanks, man. You've succeeded as a sales professional, and, and now you coach and develop others all over the world. Would you say you chose a sales profession, or did it choose you? You know, I think it was a, a hybrid of both. And let me, when I say both, let me explain. I feel that anyone can sell if they have a desire to sell. The other thing that I've realized is that growing up, it was something a part of my you know, my upbringings. And you, you're from Jamaica, so you know this too. Like everybody, somebody in the neighborhood has a neighborhood shop. You know, they have a right. shop on the house. So my family, we were the, those people. We had a shop. My dad is an entrepreneur in Jamaica. So he had several businesses. My aunt, she used to come to the U.S., buy clothes and different stuff, then take them down in barrels and then sell them. And then they used to have the setup, you know, in the downtown. And we used to go out there and every once in a while. So from a kid, I always saw that if you want to get money, you have to go and sell. You have to make it. You can't just go and beg for it. You have to make something happen. So that part was a part of my, I guess, upbringing. I would say part of the DNA. My mom was like a hustler. She worked hard to get us here to the U.S. and then worked hard to sustain us and to help us to get college educations that we got. And it was so I saw the hustle. So that part was you know, kind of chose me, but in, it came to the point where I had to make a decision. Do I want to go into business? Do I want to go to law? And I was, I did a lot of debate in high school and that's where I, you know, learned to do more formal speaking and things of that nature, especially with some other later experience as well. But I had to make a, a conscious decision. Do I want to go to law, towards law? Do I want to go towards business? And everybody knows if you're going to do business, you have to sell. And, uh, that's when I chose to go towards that, that, childhood passion and towards selling or persuading and helping helping people. So it was a hybrid of both. That's good. Most anyone in business, whether you're in the corporate world or you're running your own business, you really must know how to sell. Yet it just feels like it's often a stepchild of skills we are taught to hone and develop. What is it behind the negative mindset around sales? I think the main thing that comes with that negative mindset was are two factors. One, well, there could be several factors, but these are two that prominent uh, that's prominent to me. One is the fact that we have been, I guess, indoctrinated through television and through um, pop culture and through media about what a salesperson does. Like the idea that someone who's in sales is going to take something from somebody else that they don't necessarily believe. You look at all the great sales movies, ABC, you know, uh, Alan, Alex Baldwin back in Glenn Ross. Glenn Ross is the idea of always be closing. You have to be above somebody else. Um, Boiler Room, you look at The Wolf of Wall Street, look at all these movies. Somebody is robbing somebody else or taking something. And that mindset, I think, is just is more prevalent as opposed to those who are ethical sell, salespeople. And sometimes with sales, you have people who want to do whatever possible to earn that money. When you have so much money, especially behind something, you find there is a little bit of deception. So it's more glamorous to say somebody was a more of a deceptive salesperson than to create a movie about an awesome, great salesperson who was just ethical. Right. <laughs> so you know that that frame of mind shapes us, and then we depict that this is going to be the car salesperson. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who will, you know, who still will make those bad decisions, and based on what they've learned and what society has taught them, that it, you know, sales is or salespeople are like. So now everyone has this discomfort of saying, I don't want to be around, be associated with something like that. And I have to, I'm starting my business, I'm doing a lawn care business or whatever it is, but they might 
they, they just see them when they think of sales or them selling somebody. It's as if this is the second point. They think now that they're taking advantage of someone. And because if they're taking advantage of someone, they can't do that. They might see I buy a product for five dollars. But if I sell it for eight dollars that I am being I'm robbing them. No, you're not. That product costs five bucks and you have to make some kind of profit margin on it unless you're going to go out of business. And right. most people are probably willing to spend ten dollars, but you're selling it for eight. So, you know, there's a the idea there again is that is is that we we create this these these things in our minds that limits us and sometimes we're taught that from again society and from TV to overcome that what we must realize is that people is is the value and a lot of times business owners and especially new entrepreneurs they are so fearful of this idea that they close the, close themselves back from putting themselves out there and being the being depicted by others as that guy, that sales guy who's trying to be sleazy and trying to take advantage of somebody. If you have something of value, you it's your moral obligation to tell the world about that. If I have the, I feel the best lawn care service that's going to keep your grass green the whole spring and summertime, it is my moral obligation to tell you about that. And then it's your, it's my moral obligation to express that, help you see that value and then, more than likely, you will recognize that value and you'll be willing to pay for that. And you probably will be willing to pay more than what I think it's worth because you see the value in it. And that's where sometimes people shortchange themselves. When I first started off with my coaching, I, somebody asked me, how much you pay, how much is for coaching? I, I didn't advertise it. Dude just asked because he found a podcast. And he, I was like, I don't know, X amount of dollars. I think it was like, uh, I don't know, it was ridiculous. Like, Three hundred dollars for the month, <laughs> and uh, it was. I look back on it, I'm like, that was cute. <laughs> but then, you know, as I started working more with other people, they're like, that's way too low. You got to position it higher. And then I would see customers who would say, you know, that I remember one guy found us on. He was far east. He was in uh, Japan at the time. And when I told him about the sales training, he didn't blink. When we started asking. When I got brave and started asking a little bit more, I was like twelve hundred dollars, and he was like, "No problem," and it was amazing. And then now I'm like, "Oh man, right. I need to go further." But because people see the value, people then tend to they, when people see the value in something, they're willing to pay for it. So all in all, we find that one, we get this idea, this notion from TV or from pop culture. Two, we make that become our limited beliefs that affect the way that we sell. We see ourselves as doing something sleazy. But in actuality, three, there are many people out there who want what you have, and you have to open your mouth, and they're willing to pay for it and to you know, give value. You have a moral obligation to tell the world about what you have to offer. And don't think of yourself as being sleazy. You're helping them. Absolutely. I always like to say price is only an objection and absence of value. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so one of the things we want our audience to hear is how trailblazers handle adversity. Things don't always go the way we want or the way we planned. Could you take a minute and share with our future trailblazers a time when a big sale probably didn't go the way you planned? What happened? How did you overcome that challenge? You know, I have many of those stories. <laughs> There's one that I will share specifically. It was with a school district in Illinois. I worked with this. I, I picked up this account and I met the you know the, the IT director. I started to build a relationship with them. I they came to a conference in Orlando. I didn't have to go to the conference, but I drove up here and to Orlando, and I went to meet him. And we sat down in person, had a little breakfast and chat, and it was just really really cool. We formed this good relationship. 
I was so concerned about, you know, this not coming in this year and so forth. And I just did, I did everything to prepare for, you know, make sure that the deal would go through properly, the proper demonstration, getting the right people on board, getting my team, making sure we take out all the, the kinks and the process and everything. I did everything I thought was right. Then it came down to it that they just couldn't buy at the time. Then the next year, they still couldn't buy. And what it was, was something far beyond my control, was the state had some budget uh, issue. I mean, they had mm. freezed a lot of the accounts for a lot of these school districts. So it's like, do I buy a software that we know we need, or do I pay my teachers? So, you know, what are you going to do in a situation right. like that? So, you know, it was, it, was, it was devastating because I was really looking forward to the money, man. You know, I wanted to, it was a part of a plan that we had. But what I also had to realize was if, if it may not be a right fit right now for him and for me, but it may be a right fit for somebody else. I've seen, since left the company and I'm sure somebody else picked up the account and maybe they're working it. And that's, you know, maybe a couple of years when a budget cycle gets better in, in their state, then they can make that decision and to purchase it. But it was, it was, it was really challenging. It was devastating because I felt like I did something wrong. I felt like I missed something. So it felt like there's something I could have done better and, you know, kick myself around about it. But what I've realized too is that there's so much more out there. And this is the way that trailblazers can overcome adversities. As you're going around, going down the trails of life or going around your path, you're going to come across differences, difficulties. You're going to come across, say, a down tree in your way or a way where the path is not too clear. You may make a mistake, but it's not the end of the world. You get back up or you get over that obstacle and you keep moving forward because the future is brighter than your past. You learn from your past and then you go forward. And I've taken those same principles and I've applied them to TSE, and it's amazing what happens now based on those challenges. So you don't look at a failure as the end. Look at it as a growing or stepping moment into something greater. I love that. You know, through adversity, we often learn so much about ourselves, right? What's one truth that is held constant throughout your sales journey? Hmm. To every problem, there is a solution. And that is on both sides, whether that's a solution for my client, whether it's with me or not, or, you know, maybe somebody else, or whether it's the fact that if I have a personal difficulty, a personal challenge, there's going to be a solution about it. That may be something that's, you know, you might say, oh, that's, you know, super generic, Donald, but let me explain. As at a young time, a young age, early on in my, uh, upbringings <laughs> i guess what i said post high school i guess that's my you know early on i went on a mission with my church and one of the things that i had to do was go out every single day and we had to meet and greet and talk to people and sometimes it was tough and you came across a lot of difficulties but what i realized though man was that to every problem there was always a solution and i took that same principle because I can't tell you, I can tell you many stories where we came across difficulties and you found a solution. And that's the same thing I applied to my right. sales career, man. There's so many times where it's like, I'm not going to get the numbers or I'm not going to get this or it just seemed like there's no way this is going to work out. But somehow, like that deal, it didn't work out, but other deals worked out, which was huge or bigger. I, the a deal that came in after that one was a, a $150,000 deal and the other deal with yeah. Illinois was a $50,000 deal. So, I mean, to every problem, there's a solution. It may not be the one that you want right now, but there is a way and that's a truth that I've held on to. So whenever I couldn't find clients, I know I would get creative 
and I could figure out a way. If I couldn't close a deal, I know that if I got creative, there was going to be a way. And if I just could not, like early on, couldn't gain the skills to need it to be successful, I knew there was going to be a solution, and I got the training, and it's amazing what happened. So that's something that helped me. Absolutely. Always works out the way it should. Yeah, man. So, or trailblazers, some some people listening to this uh, podcast, this session, may not necessarily hold a job title of a sales rep, but I do believe, I firmly believe, whether you're a student or a corporate professional, you're, you own your own business, you're an entrepreneur, we must all learn the art of selling, if for no other reason to, to make sure that we can do a great job selling ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So... What are let's 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 talk through maybe a few effective skills or techniques, maybe three effective skills or techniques we can begin to hone today to become better at selling ourselves. The most important part I would say is then is the is going back to the concept, especially when you're selling yourself. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a solopreneur, you are selling you. I was watching this thing the other day on D Wade, Go Heat, <laughs> and uh, Dwayne Wade. That's he right. has a brand outside of basketball, and he's one of the things was that he had to learn to sell D Wade. Like that's who you're selling, and it was cool hearing the story and, and what he's doing, all the great things that he's accomplishing. And I realized the same thing with us as entrepreneurs. No matter what your business is, if it's again you're selling donuts, you still have to sell you because you're the creator of that donut. You have to sell yourself. So. It's that firm belief that what you have to offer is of vital importance to others who are ideal for you. So that's number one. It's understanding, understanding you have value and understanding you're, you know, having confidence in yourself. You have to be borderline cocky is what I call it. Not necessarily cocky, but just super confident in a way that you just have this massive belief in you no matter what. Two, you have to make sure you understand who you're going after. This is like, it is super fundamental. I did a training two weeks ago to an organization that's been around for years, 40 years, and this was like mind-blowing to them. All we focused on for the most part of the meeting was understanding who is the ideal customer. This is where a lot of people make a mistake because even though you have great cupcakes, your cupcakes may not be for me because I am diabetic or it may not be for me because of the fact that I don't like sweets and you sell you have a lot of sweets or maybe you sell chocolate cupcakes. Who out there is in love with chocolate cupcakes that I can go after? Find them and then you will be in the right company. You'll be able to be gold. Once you have confidence in yourself, once you understand that your ideal customer, you know where they go, why they eat like chocolate where you know where they sleep <laughs> you know how many people in their family how, why did they buy it the more you understand that the greater success that you'll see and the third and the third part and the the three and four is is an important part is being able to ask the appropriate question and listen so many times as sales professionals we tend to do as we go into a sales meeting with some a client we tend to be think that if we we are t- when we are talking that we are selling and some of the most effective salespeople are selling by not saying anything because they ask a question, they sit back and listen, and the prospect, they sell themselves because when you ask a appropriate question, they start to think and they realize, huh, yeah, this guy does sell cupcake and I do really like him and like cupcakes. And he asked me a question about why cupcakes are so important to me. Well, you know, I'm thinking about it right. I need to get some cupcakes. Let me just buy some from him. This is a crazy example, but you get the point is that when you usually right. ask the appropriate questions, people usually self-diagnose and then to usually make a decision to convince themselves that this is what they want. So if you can do those things, if you can truly have confidence in yourself and your product, 
or your service if you can truly understand your ideal customer and know how to ask questions and to listen you'll be able to close deals because the closing becomes so much easier once you do all of that when you're focused on the ideal person that typically would buy from you and you ask them the appropriate questions and you listen to them then you can better formulate that you know those that conversation and that's where the closing so so to speak happened the end part people are just going to say how can i order some and it's amazing it's easy so and that's where we help people on we teach them the how how do you articulate those questions how do you ask those questions understand their business and we ask them what do you what kind of product or what kind of service or who do you go after and we help them to create those processes that can help them be successful thanks for sharing those techniques i'm here taking note right now Uh, this is some great stuff i know our community will derive great value from from these techniques and tips and i'm going to challenge our future trailblazers to put even one of these into practice today i i definitely know my wife is hoping i'm writing down that part about listening (laughs) christina teaches me well christina's my wife (laughs) now don you you've you've been building the the sales evangelist platform for a couple years now what do you consider your biggest successes so far? The biggest success I would say so far, uh, you know, there there's stuff, things that are out there, like, you know, like, you know, we're making some money and, you know, we're gaining opportunities to speak and meeting people. But I'm going to get cheesy and get down to a point. I'm going to read something, actually. Um, just send what I typically do when somebody opt into an email, I get it sent to my personal email. And on Wednesday, when was Christmas? Thursday, right? Or Friday. Friday. So on Wednesday, Thursday, Christina and I were doing some last minute shopping and she was in a store. I won't say the name because the person has opened a gift yet and I don't want him to hear this, but we were in a store. <laughs> and while I was sitting on a, I just sat outside the door, wait for her. She was getting some stuff um, for the, for a family member. And I got an I got I sent an email to someone and then the person replied back and it was pretty cool man it just kind of was like dang that's that's awesome and it was uh I just have to here we go I'll read it it says thank you so much for the thoughtful response I also did some last minute shopping earlier today hopefully I've finished I've been following your podcast since I started my sales career in March there um they're the best and without them I don't think I would have hit my target or made President's Club. Merry Christmas. I'm in B2B selling, focusing primarily on scientific equipment solutions for a variety of markets. I was listening to your more recent episodes and learned about Hustlers Club, and I'd love to try it out. She, the, the main part there was the fact that she mentioned that I don't think I would have hit my target or made my President's Club. That's a part. Yes. That's, those are big things. When you hear people's life change from me just starting us, you know, something I thought was just like a little hobby in our extra room, <laughs> you know, and then the podcast growing where it's at, because that's big for that person because they earned income they deserve. They, and I've, I know how difficult it was when I didn't have, you know, proper, you know, funding or making money and begging for money. So how awesome it is to be able to be independent and to be able to take care of your family and not worry. So that those are the big things that I like to, to hear about. And those are some of the biggest things, I would say. Um, to see that at Christmas, that had to be a, a great experience. Great feeling. Oh, man, it was. Thanks, Ben. Donald, I just want to take a minute and acknowledge you for being a trailblazer. A couple years ago, I met you through Twitter as a new podcaster. <laughs> you took hold of you know a new medium with podcasting. You've become a daily resource for hundreds of sales professionals all over the world, just as you mentioned a moment ago. You're a pioneer, trendsetter for sales education through podcasting. 
I thank you for your commitment for accomplishing more than 200 episodes. You just shared with me a moment ago that on Saturday, you celebrated two years uh, as a podcaster, and you've done, what, 230-plus episodes at this point. You've been a great mentor to me, and I probably wouldn't have launched this podcast had it not been for your help in answering tough questions and helping me through the process and pushing me along. So I thank you, our community of future trailblazers thanks you dude man thank you so much you've been an inspiration everyone who you know send us the messages and and you know share with us and just give us little nudges to keep pushing those episodes you know we appreciate that because that helps a ton so i'm glad we were able to help each other and uh it's i'm just excited for what you're doing man and for the organization that you guys were established and i'm i know the success is going to follow what do you wish you knew when you were younger that would have made you wiser and even more successful today had you known what you didn't what advice would you you know like to impart to these these people uh new to business so one advice i wish i would have taken a lot sooner is that you should not be afraid of trying so many times you're close to dc <laughs> And so many times we hear about, you know, this politician is horrible or that politician is horrible. You know, how in the world, I don't want to vote between any of these two. But what usually happens is we don't realize is that the really smart people talk themselves out of it. But the people who are not afraid of taking risk are the ones that usually jump out and do stuff. It's not usually the most qualified person that runs for office or for Senate or for mayor or even a president. It's not the smartest person. But it's somebody who's not afraid of trying, somebody who's not afraid of failing, somebody who's not afraid of doing something. And for so many years, I held myself back from taking risk and for doing big things because I was afraid of what others may think of me or is afraid of the failure. But what I've come to realize is that it's a farce and that those fears hold us back from accomplishing great things. And too many people go throughout life's life. So many great presidents probably went by who never, ever ran because they were afraid or thought they couldn't do it. But somebody who wasn't did it. And that's the message I wish I would have taken earlier. And now I'm living that, that I'm going to do it. I'm going to take those risks. I'm going to try those things. Even though I'm not great at them, I'm going to do it because, hey, somebody's got to, right? Right. <laughs> Donald, you've been awesome. Tell our listeners where they can learn more about you. The best place you can do to learn more is just go to the salesevangelist.com. And actually, I'm going to give you guys a gift. So if anyone out there who's actually, who's listening to this podcast, you are thinking about starting a business or you're thinking about doing a side hustle or you're selling and you want to gain a little bit more oomph, I will do it free of charge. I'm doing, I do strategy sessions and I'll dedicate a 30 minute strategy session. I'll set apart several blocks of times and I'll put, I'll give that to you guys. So all you'd have to do is go to the salesevangelist.com forward slash trailblazers. Again, the salesevangelist.com forward slash trailblazers. And if you go there, we'll, you get to schedule a session with me, do a strategy session. It won't be like a little hoodwink. You heard my personality already. Um, it's just straight up a gift. Uh, for those who are connected with a friend and uh, you'll get a chance to work on some of the challenges that you have with sales and um, give you 30 minutes. So we'll set apart several blocks of time and whoever gets those, whoever gets those. Okay. That is awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much again for being our guest today. Anytime, man. Thank you. Keep hustling and keep doing good things. <laughs>